All right, so we're recording this. Um, the autocrat, myself, am in total charge. <laughs> it's okay if you guys laugh. Anyway, um, this, this call is about specifically about a, a business card, and I'm calling it a business card, that I created earlier this week. The business card, um, you guys have a picture of it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull mine up. I'm going to be looking at exactly the same things as you guys. So I'm going to pull up the email that I sent so I can look at what you guys have. Here we go. <clears throat> I call this card the Patron card or Patron card. So here's what it looks like. I'm going to describe it, and then I'm going to go into the details of why it looks like that and why I believe it has the power or the authority of a, I'm going to use the word diplomatic position or immunity, sovereign immunity, foreign sovereign immunity, but it, nevertheless, sovereign immunity based upon my findings, literally based upon my findings. So. The card I'm looking at is designed for me. Um, there is, it's a, blue, a deep blue background, rounded edges, and in the center of that card, that blue card, is a giant gold K. What does the K represent? Well, actually, it only represents the industrial property, the intellectual property, my father's name which is Kallenbach. So the K that's in the center of the card represents my father's name, which identifies a succession from father to son, or from father to firstborn, or from father to somebody in that family that's legitimately in line to inherit that name. So the K does not represent Kurt or Curtis. It represents Kallenbach. Underneath there, it gets very interesting. Underneath, it actually says, Curtis R. Period Kallenbach. That represents an international organizational title. Now, I'm going down in the basement for a second because I need to retrieve a Black's Law 5th edition <clears throat> to be really, really clear about this. <clears throat> so Curtis R. Period Kallenbach, the reason I have decided to use that is after 12 years of seeking something, I believe I have discovered it or found it. I'm going to start with something from a long time ago. I'm going to Black's Law 5th edition, and I'm going to legal name. Legal name. Now, I know a lot of people around the world are arguing or making false statements that it's illegal to use a legal name. And I'm going to say it's not. If you're the owner or if you're in line legitimately to use 
that legal name. Then it falls under what's known as the Lanham Act, L-A-N-H-A-M Act. But first, let's just let's, there's a lot to cover, so let me go to legal name first. Curtis R. Period Kallenbach. <clears throat> legal name, I'm on page 806, Black's Law, 5th edition. Legal name, under common law, consists of one Christian name and one surname. And the insertion, omission, or mistake in middle name or initial is immaterial. So right off the bat, immaterial means non-material, non-substance, no substance, nothing, no thing, doesn't exist. It's immaterial. It does not exist. There's nothing material about it. Under the common law consists, well, that's the, that's the very first thing people need to, need to hear. Under the common law, so it has to, in order for the common law to even be applicable, it has to have one Christian name and one surname. Curtis R. Period Kallenbach has one Christian name, and one surname. Linda, if I ask you, if, if, if I write my name Curtis Kallenbach, is there a Christian name? Curtis Kallenbach. Hey, does um, Curtis Kallenbach have a Christian yes. name? Really? No, it doesn't. Uh-uh. What, well, tell me why. Because it's it's out of order. No, because Curtis is not a Christian name. Curtis That's is a right. given a name. name. Curtis yeah. is a given name within a family. Right. Curtis yeah. is a given name within a family. Yeah. So if the family name is Kallenbach, then Curtis is the name within that family that identifies me or yeah. differentiates me from my siblings. Brothers and sisters. Yes. So it's a family name within a family, but it's a given name that identifies somebody specifically in that family. Mm-hmm. Curtis is not a Christian name. So if I sign anything or only adopt Curtis Kallenbach as my name, based upon the legal name definition in Black's Law 5th edition, does the common law apply to Curtis Kallenbach? No, it does not. No, because there's no Christian element to it. Right. Curtis is a given name. Kallenbach is a family or surname. Actually, I like to use it as a, I, I like to call it a surname. I prefer surname. Yeah. So again, Curtis Kallenbach if that's, who I, if that's who I answer to, if somebody says Curtis Kallenbach and I stand up, I am acknowledging Curtis Kallenbach. Is there any common law element to Curtis Kallenbach? No. No, so the common law doesn't apply to Curtis Kallenbach. That's my point. That's my whole point. Um, right. And it says, under the common law consists of one Christian name and one surname. And the insertion, omission, or mistake in middle name or initial is immaterial. So if, if we insert a middle name, if we omit a middle name, 
but we acknowledge a middle name exists, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if somebody says, what's your middle name, and I say Richard, well, then I'm acknowledging the existence of a middle name, right? Yes. If I acknowledge the existence of a middle name, but I don't put it in there, I still believe a middle name exists, don't I? Yes. Okay, so what I'm trying to get at is the omission of a middle name, it presumes a middle name exists. Or mistake in middle name, what's that? Go ahead. Or mistake in middle name or initial is immaterial. The point of this, is that the insertion, omission, or mistake in middle name or initial presumes a middle name is immaterial. So if there's a middle name and it's used, then that character with a middle name is immaterial to the common law of no substance. So nothing with a middle name that I presume to be, and by the way, the birth certificated person in, in this case that we're speaking of specifically is Curtis Richard Kallenbach. Curtis Richard Kallenbach, by the very use of a middle name presumed, Richard, means that the whole damn thing is immaterial and has no access to the common law because the common law under common law consists of one Christian name and one surname. Does one Christian name and one surname is it possible with one Christian name and one surname? If you look at three items, Curtis, Richard, Kallenbach, and they're only saying two of those are required. Mm-hmm. Only two of those are required. And I put in a third one. It sounds like a mistake to me or an insertion of something that doesn't belong there. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. The, next, the, the rest of this says the legal name of an individual. Now, now they're being very specific. They're putting legal name in quotes. The legal name of an individual consists of a given or baptismal name, usually assumed at birth, and a surname deriving from the common name of the parents. So it says the legal name of an individual. So now they're actually saying something different. They're identifying an individual. And it says consists of a given or baptismal name. Well, we already established, or I did, that Curtis is a given name. And then it says or baptismal name. Well, that sounds like an either-or position. So either there's a given name or a baptismal name. But what I know to be true in Black's Law, 5th edition, if I look up the word or, at the very last two sentences it says or can mean and. So you got a given and baptismal name. Usually assumed. Well, there it is. They just identified an assumed name, didn't they? What is, if, if I look up the word assume in Black's Law, what's the very first word that I will notice, Linda? Pretend. That it's pretend. pretend. Right, not. So they're talking, they're identifying a pretend name. 
And of course, mm-hmm. they go on to say a pretend name that's undertaken, which sounds like an undertaker. But anyway, legal name here identifies that the common law will not be in play without a Christian name. Period. That's the end of it. No Christian name, no common law access. Done. They're saying it in this definition. So people that wonder why the common law doesn't apply to them or why they can't have access to the common law is because they're not under the common law because it consists only of one Christian name and one surname. That's it. So now we have to identify what's the Christian name. The Christian name ultimately is that baptismal name. In my case, the Christian name is Richard. Curtis is the given, the Christian name is Richard, and Kallenbach is the surname. If I, somebody says, well, what's your name? And I say Curtis Richard Kallenbach, I've done some real damage to myself because Curtis Richard is the living aspect and Kallenbach is a fictitious dead entity. So now I've decided to straddle two worlds, the world of the living, Curtis Richard, and the world of the fictional or dead, Kallenbach. By trying to put those two things together, the living and the dead, I have basically negated my my existence. I can't be both. I can't be both living and dead. So the idea is I need to learn what the Christian name is. What, what is a Christian name? So now I'm going to Christian name in Black's Law. I'm, I'm being very specific on this for a reason. Christian. Christian name. This is really, this is hard stuff. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to joke about it. It's hard stuff. So Christian name. Black's Law, page 219. Christian name, the baptismal name. Okay, it says it right there in the first three words. Christian name is the baptismal name, as distinct from the surname. So in other words, the Christian name is distinct from Kallenbach. The name which is given one after his birth or baptism. After his birth or baptism. Or is afterwards assumed by him in addition to his family name. So if my family name, as Linda pointed out earlier, is Curtis. In my family, the only way to distinguish me from my brothers and sisters is Curtis. When my mom yelled Curtis, nobody else's head turned, only mine. So in my family, Curtis is my family name. I don't like to confuse family name with surname. My family might be called or my tribe might be called, or my clan might be called Kallenbach. But within that, my family name is Curtis. Kallenbach is a surname. So in addition to the family name, assumed in addition to the family name, and here, here's the key, it says such name, we're talking about the baptismal name, which is not the given name. Such name may consist of a single letter. A single letter. So they've identified the Christian name. Curtis Richard Kallenbach is not a name at all. It's straddling two worlds. Richard is the baptismal or Christian name. 
But Richard can be identified as the Christian name by a single letter. Do you follow that? Yes. So on my card, you see Curtis R. Period Kallenbach. So now Curtis R. Period Kallenbach, if you break it down, Curtis is the given name, or what I would call the family name within the family. R. Period represents the Christian name. And Kallenbach is the surname. So if I were to ask you, does this support the common law? Does Curtis R. Period Kallenbach, can the common law identify this character? Ray? Good question. Uh, well, if, if the R is representative of the Christian and the R period is on this card, will anybody that, that is looking for a common law legal name have any trouble identifying the R as a Christian name? No, they shouldn't. No, they won't. So that means that Curtis R. period Kallenbach has access to the common law, which nobody else does. If you don't have a Christian name identifiable, even in Black Law, it says one Christian name and one surname. Now, the period does something, and we're going to cover that, but the period is essential. Without the period, you got a middle initial. Remember that Curtis R. Kallenbach, if you look at Curtis R. Kallenbach without a period, you now have a middle initial because the R is between Curtis and Kallenbach, so the R becomes a middle initial. When you go to the legal name in Black Law, it says, and the insertion of a middle initial is, is immaterial. So if I don't have a period, and I'm going to explain this right now, if I don't have a period after the R, then the R stands between Curtis and Kallenbach as a middle, a middle period, a middle, I mean a middle ground. But if I put a period after the R, then the R and Curtis become one on the left side of the period, and Kallenbach is to the right side of the period. Curtis Kallenbach or Curtis R period is on one side to the left, and, and Kallenbach is to the right side. There is no middle initial when there's a period. There is no middle name when there's a period. Does that make sense? Do you see that, Ray? Yes, sir. Okay. Again, I'm, I'm, I, I'm being very specific. Without the period, there would, be an, a, there would be a middle initial. With the period, the R moves to the left side of the period along with Curtis. So Curtis R and Curtis Richard are one and the same. So Curtis, the given name, and the baptismal name, period. Now there's a separation between the living and the dead. Curtis Richard, Curtis being the biological living body. Richard, the spiritual, the breath, the breath of God, the baptismal name, whatever you want to call it. So now you have the body and the breath to the left of the period. A living being. So the right side of the period is a commercial vessel, Kallenbach. 
living and commerce over there, but they're separated by the period. They do not run together. There is no question as to what am I, what am I talking about? There's no legal question. There's no controversy. And it's required to have, if you want the common law to apply, you have to have a Christian name, which is evidenced by the R period. The, the initial period. I like that better. I like to call it the initial period. So Curtis R period Kallenbach evidences the given name Curtis, the Christian name in a singular initial, R period. The common law applies. The period then separates my baggage and effects, everything I accumulate in the world of commerce, all of my property. Every, all of my properties under the name Kallenbach. All of my properties under the name Kallenbach. And that's one of the most important things to understand. So now I'm going to go to, and I don't know that I sent you this link. I'm going to go to Harry S. Period Truman. Did I send you guys that link? Uh, no. Not in this email? No. I'm going to, Ray, I'm going to send both you and Linda something right now. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to try to explain how to get there. I'll just send you the link. <clears throat> so it's probably going to come from... Let's see. I, I think I'm going to use ProtonMail for this. By the way, this gives me a little bit of a break. Any, do you guys have any questions while I'm, I'm getting this? It's really clear. Yeah, it's clear. It, it actually is really clear. So let's see. Ray, what, what, give me uh, the first little bit of your email again real quick. B A L S A. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. I just wanted to pull up in my email. And this is um, Harry. It's coming at you, Harry S. Period Truman. And just make sure that you save this link or or print it. Better yet, just print it. And it's coming from the National Archives. Tell me when you get it. You have it. Um, here it is. All right, I just sent it. It looks like message sent. So tell me when you guys get it. Ray, I know Linda can probably find it, but tell me if you when you get it. Nothing yet. 
It's it sent to balsa, man. And you need I think it I think it's important that you read along with it because this is kinda hard, but it's too important not to discuss. It's actually there one it of is. big elements. Okay, you got it, right? Open it up. I'm going to make a little bit of noise real quick because I need more coffee to keep my brain working properly. <clears throat> Got it, Ray? Yes? Hello? Anybody? Did I lose you guys? Yes. No, I've got it. Is Ray here? I'm here. Did he get? Okay. I now I'm going to go over this. This is one of the greatest finds of all time. You guys still there? Yes. Yep. Okay, sorry. Sorry about that. Okay. Use of the period after the S in Harry S. period Truman's name. We're not going to go through this whole thing, but we're definitely going to cover the last two paragraphs. It says, and I'm reading this verbatim, several widely recognized style manuals provide guidance in favor of using the period. According to the Chicago Manual of Style, all initials given with a name should, and in quotes, for convenience and consistency, end quote, be followed by a period, even if they are not abbreviations of names. The United States Government Printing Office Style Manual states, that the period should be used after the S in Harry S. period Truman's name. So you got the Chicago style manual and the U.S. government printing office style manual saying that they should. Now should is a past tense of shall, and shall means absolutely positively you must use it. You can look it up for yourself. Here's the thing. The Chicago style manual says all initials given with a name should for convenience and consistency. Convenience and consistency. So I'm going to the definition of convenience at Webster's, Marion Webster's online. Convenience. Now they're saying you, knew that you have to use the period for convenience and consistency. So we need to know the definition of convenience. I'll probably cover this fairly quick. I'm going to go to the full definition, Linda, just so you know. Number one says fitness or suitability for performing an action or fulfilling a requirement. This is convenience. Something conducive to comfort or ease. Convenience. 
It says, such as an appliance, a device, or service, conducive to comfort or ease. Big word there, ease. Three, mm -hmm. suitable or convenient time. And number four, the ultimate, freedom from discomfort and then, quote, or then colon ease. Freedom from discomfort. By the way, what's the opposite of ease, Ray? Not at ease. <laughs> How about dis-ease? Okay. Dis-ease sounds good. Disease. And, and I'm going to actually call, I'm going to pronounce it differently. Disease, right? So convenience is freedom from disease. Or dis-ease. Yeah. It also says, I went to the definition of ease. I hit that hyperlink, and it says state of being comfortable, freedom from pain or discomfort, freedom from care, freedom from care. When you go into the hospital, aren't they taking you under their care or into their care? Mm -hmm. So... Convenience is freedom from care, the care of another. It sounds like a discharge from a hospital, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. As long as you don't have any dis-ease. This is important because I believe that convenience evidences immunity. If you're free from disease, are you immune? Yes. <laughs> Linda, are you smiling right now? Yep. <laughs> Cole does not need a physician. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're back to Luke 531. Those that are whole need not a mm -hmm. physician. Those that are whole, W-H-O-L-E, need not a physician. That's, that's right out of Luke 531, King James Version, isn't it? Yes, and they would And those are Jesus' words. Yeah, ease. Okay, mm -hmm. so both the Chicago-style manual and U.S. government are agreeing that the, uh, after an initial, a period is required. Now let's go to the second word, consistency. So convenience means freedom from disease. I call that immunity. Now I'm going to go to consistency. Consistency. I'm gonna I'm gonna read a uh, full definition unless oh I, I might as well read out of the blue box at the top. Um, the quality or fact of staying the same at different times, staying the same at different times, at different times. If my biological estate began at fertilization in the womb, and I'm using that exact same biology today, does that evidence that I'm staying the same since creation, the act of creation? Absolutely. Wow. Right. I'm using the same biology from the initial period, from the very first moment of creation. I'm staying the same throughout 61 years, 62 years. 
So at all the different times, I'm still staying the same biologically, am I not? Yes. Wow. That's consistency, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it says that the initial period or, or the, the uh, a period identifies consistency. It's required yeah. for consistency. Wow. Look at this one. The quality or fact of having parts that agree with each other. <laughs> if I write Curtis Richard Kallenbach without a period or Curtis R. Kallenbach without a period, according to, to the National Archives, according to this document, according to consistency, if I write Curtis R. Kallenbach without a period, I am going to run the living into the dead. I'm going to run the biological Curtis Richard into the fictional Kallenbach. Yep. Can the living be the dead at the same time? Impossible. No. Impossible. So it requires a period to, to, to form an agreement between the living and the dead. Yep. I'm going down the full definition of consistency at Webster's Online. Agreement or harmony of parts or features to one another or a whole. Look at this. The definition of consistency at 1A is W-H-O-L-E, whole. That's right out of yep. Luke 5.31 again. They that are whole need not a physician. Yep. And, and the United States style manual and the Chicago style manual say for consistency, for, for convenience and consistency, a period is required. It shall be there. It shall be done. Yes. It says harmony of parts. I'm going to go to harmony just for the heck of it. I haven't done this before. Harmony. And I'm going to look for the definition that actually makes sense. Look at that. A pleasing combination or arrangement of different things. Is, how much more different can the living be from the dead? Not much more. Absolutely. Right. Different. How do you bring harmony to the living and the dead? How do you, my harmony with my decedent estate or my, my, my property that's under Kallenbach, a fictional, in the fictional realm, how do I, the living, access that property that's in the world of the fictional, the fictional dead, the titled, those with titles. I do it through a period. Wow. See if there's anything else under harmony. Look at this. Number 2A says, pleasing arrangement of parts. Congruent. Wow. And here's finally 2B says what? Agreement, agreement, accord, accord, Inter wow. an internal calm, see, tranquility. Wow. But accord, what does accord say? Mm -hmm. To grant or give especially as appropriate, due or earned, and ultimately number two, to bring into agreement, to reconcile. 
to reconcile. And to reconcile, I'm going to go to the blue box number one. It says, to find a way of making two different ideas, facts, etc., that exist to be true at the same time to reconcile. Wow. To cause people or groups to become friendly again after an argument or disagreement. To settle, to resolve, to restore to friendship or harmony. To make consistent or congruous. To account for. To become reconciled. Again, I'm not making this up. The period is required after that Christian initial in order to bring harmony between the parts, between the living and the dead. If there's no period, then there's confusion. So obvious now. It is obvious now. And, and now, here's... The next paragraph down is absolutely huge to understand. Linda, you and I have covered this before. Ray, you and I have not. I want, I want to make sure Ray gets this, okay, Linda? Absolutely. No, I, Ray's a smart man, so it shouldn't take too, too long. The last paragraph says, most published works using the name Harry S. Truman employ the period. Authors, here it is, authors. Linda, who's the author of your life? I am. You are. Mm-hmm. You're the source of everything that ever is created through your biological estate. You're the author. And by the way, the yeah. definition of author, authority, the source, the chief, it's, it's, it's everything. It's the fountainhead. It's everything. So the author choosing to omit the period in their text must still use it. They're telling you right now you must still use it. When citing the names of organizations that employ the period in their legal titles. Organization. Organization is a harmony. If you want to bring harmony to your entire existence from fertilization to this moment, that organizational title is the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. It tells you right here that authors choosing to omit the period in their texts must still use it when citing the names of organizations that employ the period in their legal titles. The organization I'm, I'm referring to right now, when you look at this card, Curtis R. Period Kallenbach is an organization. It's an international organization. It's an international organization. Mm-hmm. That employs the period. So what is why do I say it that way? What's the international aspect about it? Let's be clear about the international aspect about it. When they cut the umbilical cord and they leave behind that piece of your biology, they leave it behind. It's no longer progressing into the present moment with you. It stopped progressing. It stopped 
it never came into the present moment. They left that biology back there in the waters of mother. It's still in the womb, according to that, that record. Lost at sea, many would actually call it. They lost at sea. Mm-hmm. That presumed lost biology or lost estate or lost account is picked up internationally and placed into a trust. You, the living baby that comes out, that gets wrapped in the swaddling clothes and goes home with mom and dad, you're in the present. It, the rest of your property, your estate, the rest of your estate, the rest residue and remainder of your estate, is frozen in time in the past. How do you reconcile this present moment with all of that past property? You do it through the use of a period. You're now reconciling the past and the present, aren't you? Yeah. You can't do it without the period. No, it's the initial period right there. The initial period is the only way to reconcile everything that happened the first 40 weeks, the first nine months in the, in the womb with everything that happened outside the womb. There are two different realms two different worlds, two different states of existence. The water world in the womb is one state, and the land, air, uh, uh, environment outside the womb is another state. In between those two states of existence, because of the cut, they created something between two states of existence, which is interstate. They created interstate traffic where they trafficked mm-hmm. that cut material. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's, it's trafficking in persons according to the Palermo Protocols. Mm-hmm. If you're whole, W-H-O-L-E, and you don't acknowledge the cut, then there is no between states because all of you, all of your biology, all of your estate came out into the present moment with you, both biologically and or through the knowledge you've gained over the years. So your biology and the knowledge makes you W-H-O-L-E. When you put the biology and the knowledge together and you're W-H-O-L-E, you have reconciled the born and the unborn, the past and the present. Got it? Yep, harmony. And, and yeah, you have, you're in full harmony, which is part of the definition of, of uh, convenience and consistency. Mm-hmm. So they're telling you how to do this. They're telling you how to write yeah. your name if you want the present and the past, if you want... If you want access, direct access to your property, if you want to be identified as the owner of that property, then this is the only way you can write your name. The only way I can write my name to reconcile the past and the present is Curtis R. Period Kallenbach. Now I'm going to go to 22 USC 288B, and I'm going to pull up Law Cornell because I want the United States' own words to acknowledge what I just said. The title of 22 U.S.C. 
288B is baggage and effects of officers and employees of exempt and employees exempted from customs duties and internal revenue taxes. So it says the baggage and effects of officers and employees are exempted. They're exempt from customs duties and internal revenue taxes. I'm going to go down into the body of the text, and I'm just going to pull out the last, the last line here. It says, ultimately, I'm just going to skim through this. The baggage in effects when imported in connection with the arrival of the owner. Who's the owner? The baby. So what's the in connection with? It's the umbilical cord. What's the baggage in effect? It's everything at the other end of the umbilical cord, the extra embryonic material. So it says here, when the owner arrives in connection with his baggage in effects, it's free of customs duties and free of internal revenue taxes imposed upon or by reason of importation. There is no IRS and there is no duty to perform when you're in connection with your bags and effects. Now they automatically, at the port of entry to the new world outside the womb, they automatically clamp and cut your bags and effects off of you. The only way you can reconcile with that material, with that property, is through the use of a period. Ray, do you follow? Yes, not a problem. Okay, yeah, I love you, Ray. Ray, you and I are taking a trip right now. Absolutely. You and I get on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, you and I are going to. We're going to Scotland to play golf, and we get it. We 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 go to the airport. We get on. Forget COVID. We don't wear masks, but we're on an airplane anyway. We we show up at the international airport in Ireland or Scotland. We get off the plane. We're, the first place we stop is where? We get off the plane and we go to the carousel where the, our bags are being deposited, don't we? Yes. So we, the owners, get off the plane. We go to where the bags are being deposited. We wait for the bags to come down the chute and come onto that carousel. And when those bags show up in front of us, we pick them up and we walk away. Now the owners are reconnected to their bags. The next stop would be customs to see if we have anything that would be considered contraband. Once we, feel, we, we, we get through customs, we go to the pub and drink a few beers or go play some golf somewhere. The point is, is that what happens if we don't pick up our bags? What if we just went to the pub and our bags just stay on that carousel forever? Ireland, the country, or whoever is operating that airport, are eventually going to take those bags and put them in lost and found. That's what they did with our cut material. They eventually presume that material to be abandoned. And once it becomes presumed abandoned, it can be found, like lost, it can be found by somebody else. It can be 
discovered by somebody else. Hell, don't all the courts talk about discovery? Yep. Yeah. What do you think they're discovering? They're discovering the bags left on the carousel. Presumably abandoned yep. for anybody to find. Hey, look what's in this bag. It has this guy's entire inheritance. Why would he leave it on this carousel when it has his father's name in it? It has all the titles to all the property in his entire lineage. Why would he leave it on this carousel? That's a pretty good question. Well, guess what? Curtis R. Period Kallenbach did not leave it on the carousel because it identifies all of that property. Curtis R. Period. The living, breathing biology, Curtis Richard. Of course, Richard can be shortened to R, but then the period's required so that the period identifies the harmony between the owner, me, and the property, the fictitious left behind in the trust property. I have, a dire I have direct power, direct authority now over my baggage and effects if I know how to sign my name or identify myself. The only way that I have a direct link to, to, to my bags, to my inheritance, is Curtis R. Period Kallenbach. So, back to the card. There's a K identifying the father's name, Kallenbach. There's a Org international organizational title that identifies my current position here on the couch talking to you guys, as well as the property that's held in trust, but it's identifying the fact that I have a direct, I have direct access. I don't require a middleman, a middleman. By writing it this way, there's no middle initial, there's no middle ground, there's no middle name. I don't require a middleman between the present and the past because I have reconciled the present and the past by writing it properly, by writing it the way the United States recognizes it, by writing it the way Chicago-style manual recognizes it. I have actually reconciled the past and the present, which means I have direct access without a middleman to do it. Who's the middleman typically in this situation? Lawyers. Law attorneys. Yeah. Lawyers don't exist anymore. Attorneys. Yeah. Attorneys act as the medium of exchange or the middleman between or within that interstate commercial zone. If there's a cut that goes uh, unknown, if there's a cut, if there's a break between you and your property that was left behind, it requires a middleman to reattach or for you to connect through the middleman. And that middleman takes his, takes his fee, takes an amount of money from you. He's certainly entitled for his efforts. But do you require an attorney when you have direct knowledge, Linda? No. No, and that leads us to the third part of this. Patron, patron. 
P-A-T-R-O-N. I'm going to go to Patron at Webster's. Ready? Mm -hmm. Patron, one of my new favorite words. <laughs> pa patroness, Linda. <laughs> one of your new favorite words. Yeah. By the way, you can get these cards at Vistaprint today for 40% off. Hey, um, just an FYI yeah. on that. I did the 40% off, and then I did... I put a code in, and I got them for $26 instead of 40 Oh, come on! I know. But <laughs> here's your... I, anyway, uh, I think I have to fix them anyway. So it's probably going to cost me the same as you. But anyway, it's okay. there's a, um, a code. Yeah. Anyway, a patroness, P-A-T-R-O-N-E-S-S, -S, is a woman who is a patron. So again, it still goes back. It still files. It still flows back to Patron. So all we have to do is know the meaning of Patron. So again, the card. My dad's, my father's uh, initial K. Underneath that is the international organizational title that brings harmony through what, or I, I should say, for convenience and consistency, right? I don't want to forget what I'm about to say here. Okay. I had to pull that up. Okay. So we're at Patron. A person who gives money and support to an artist, comma, what's the next word? Organization. <laughs> Who's the uh -huh. only one that can who's the only one that can supply Kallenbach with any energy, any support? Who's the only one? You, Curtis. The living. Yeah, the living. Mhm. Mm mhm. But if if my father's name is where all my inheritance is located. Got this? I, I, this is very subtle. If I'm, I'm the source of the energy, because I'm living, I'm the only one that can do anything. But if there's a Patron in play here, the source, who's supplying the actual money? If my father's name is where all the property is located, is where the foundation is located. If my father's name is a foundation, like a founding father, then is not Kallenbach the foundation or support to me, the artist? If I'm out here creating, if I'm out here creating, Linda, if I'm out here creating, Ray, if I'm making things through my intellectual property, if I'm making things like digging a hole in the ground, if I'm making things with my hands, if I'm making things with my genitals, who's the artist? 
I am. Are. Mm, wow. So the organization, Kallenbach, the foundation known as Kallenbach, becomes the Patron, doesn't it? Wow, yeah. It's, it's the one that has the source of all my property. It's supplying me, the artist, isn't it? Yes, wow. So as long as there's harmony between me and my father, <laughs> I have support. Wow. And the only way you can write it is Curtis R. Period Kallenbach. <laughs> Kallenbach is the patron ultimately for the artist Curtis R. Period. Wow. It's beautiful, isn't it? It is. It's so the brilliant. trust property. So the trust property is is the foundation that gives support to the artist who's out here creating in the present. Right? Yes. <laughs> what happens if that trust is broken between me and the father? What happens if I don't have a direct or if I don't have a connection? a line of communication between me and the Father, what if that's broken? Do I have any support? No. If that line of communication or support is broken, am I not nothing more than a pauper, a vagabond, or fugitive from justice? Yes. Right. And you're dis diseased. I'm diseased. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I'm just running around as an orphan with no name. I'm a bastard with no name. I have no access to money. I can't get mm-hmm. to the other bank. The bank. Banko. I can't get, yeah, I can't get to the bank because I've been cut off from the bank. Because the they cut, umbilical evidence is the cut off from the support system. Wow. I'm cut off from my foundation. Mm-hmm. I was cut off at the pass. <laughs> yep. Patron. At the threshold. Patron, somewhat, mm-hmm. somewhat formal. This is still in the blue box. It says, a person who buys the goods or uses the services of a business, comma, library, library. If the story of my life is in the Library of Congress and my founding father's name is the beginning of that story, if I don't have access to that library, then I'm living through somebody else's story. I don't have any foundation. Down to the full definition. Yeah, that's knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's knowledge. Full definition of Patron. A person chosen, named, or honored as a special guardian, protector, or supporter. A wealthy or influential supporter of an artist or writer. Again, if my father's name is the name that's being held in trust and all of my property, all of his property, all the Kallenbach property is under that or within that foundation and I'm cut off from my father's name, 
through the cutting of the umbilical cord, then I don't have any financial support. I have been cut off as the artist. I'm a starving artist. Literally. Mm -hmm. I'm literally a starving artist. And then I'll have to go out and be part of, part of the welfare state and be a beneficiary or somehow receive benefits when in reality it's my property. Do I want to receive benefits or do, or do I want to, or is it my property? It's your property. It's my property. Mm-hmm. It's my property. I don't need somebody to give me through a, the term benefit something that is always, always mine always has been mine. I don't need somebody else to say, yeah, we'll give that to you when you earn it. No, sorry. I'm alive and I'm part of my, I'm I'm living and I'm part of my dad's estate. So, sorry. My dad's the Patron. My father's the Patron. And I'm not cut off. A social, see, a social or financial sponsor of a social function. Two, one that uses wealth or influence to help an individual, an institution, or a cause. One that uses wealth or influence. Kallenbach is the Patron, and it's helping the individual, me. One who buys the goods or uses the service offered especially by an establishment. Again, Always understand that my father's here to protect me. Mm-hmm. If I get cut off from my father, I'm in trouble. Look at this. Four, the holder of a right of presentation to an English ecclesiastical benefice. That's a patron. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Five, a master in ancient times, who freed a person, who freed a person he had held in slavery but retained some rights over that person. Again, Kallenbach. I'm always part of the name Kallenbach, am I not? Mm-hmm. A proprietor of an establishment. Is Kallenbach not an establishment? It's an established name. Yes, Absolutely. And here's the most amazing, and this is going to be difficult because I'm going to try to explain it. Number seven, the chief male officer in some fraternal lodges having both men and women members, members, the chief male officer in some fraternal lodges, brotherhood, brotherly lodges, having both men and women members. Okay, I'm going to try to describe this biologically. The chief male officer in some fraternal lodges, having both, and there it is right there, having both. It doesn't say either. It says both, men and women members. Linda, the placenta is a tertium quid, correct? Correct. A tertium quid is what appears to be one thing when in reality is made up of two distinct 
things, correct? Correct. My biology is male, and the maternal afterbirth is female. So the tertium quid has both men and women members, doesn't it? Member yeah. and membrane are the same word. So the placenta has a male member, a male membrane, and a female membrane, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. A, a lodge, a place where somebody is staying or residing, a lodge, right, a fraternal lodge. Something mm-hmm. is lodged. The placenta is lodged somewhere. After it's cut off, removed, and taken somewhere, it's lodged somewhere. Mm-hmm. Another word for lodge, by the way, is birthed. It's birthed. It's put into birth. That's a lodging. Right. Okay. That's a location. Mm-hmm. That's a situs. That's yeah. a situation. So the placenta, right. which has both male and female, by the way, it does all the time. Do you, Linda, as a female, have both male and female members? Think about it. Be careful because I'm not talking about the placenta now. I'm talking about you, and I'm talking about the act yeah. of fertilization. Yeah, I have to have Does, both the okay. sperm and the ovum in order to exist. Is ultimately, I talked about the placenta over there, but does ultimately, is the zygote the ultimate lodge? Mm-hmm. Right. Because whether you're a female or a male coming out of the womb, the zygote is, an, is a product of one male sperm and one female ovum, correct? Mm-hmm. Is the zygote the lodge? Yes, yes. The zygote's the lodge. Uh-huh. If I and use the, the placenta and... as the lodge, then no female can inherit because your placenta, the placenta in which you have or you're a party to, has female and female, doesn't it? Correct. So the placenta in your case, won't work. This says it has both Mm -hmm. men and women members. Mm -hmm. So the Patron identifies a lodge. I'm calling the zygote a lodge now. Mm -hmm. And remember, Patroness or Patronus and Patron are one and the same thing. I believe the zygote is the fraternal, the brotherly lodge that brings us all together, that makes us all the same, that makes us all equal. The only place we are equal is at the beginning of the human race. The beginning of the human race is the zygote. It's the only place in time and space where all of us are equal until we start to do what? Until until we start to evolve. Mm-hmm. And then all the genes come into play, and then somebody's going to turn out to be a seven foot one, multi multi million dollar basketball player, while I'm going to be sitting on this couch because of those genes. Mm-hmm. We're equal at the beginning, but then it at at 
at the evolution, step one of the evolutionary process, which is what? Cell division based upon genetics, that's where we become unequal. But we are all equal in the lodge, aren't we? Yes. The zygote is the only place we're equal. And that's what's on deposit. Equality is based upon the deposition or deposit of the cut material that evidences the fraternal lodge. Mm-hmm. That's the patron. Wow. The only place I can give back to my inheritable position is by knowing this material, by knowing the zygote, the fraternal lodge, for all of us on earth. Mm-hmm. We all begin at the same place, the zygote. Mm-hmm. Let's see how long I've been on. Oh, I've only been on for, what, an hour and 15 minutes? This is pretty short. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, well, obviously, I'm not even close to done, as Linda knows well. <laughs> I'm going to um, get out of all of that stuff. We're still looking at the front of the card, by the way. There's, there's 12 years of information on, this front, on the front of this card. 12 years of knowledge is in the front of this card. I'm going to go to Men of Letters, mm-hmm. Wikipedia. Men of Letters, Wikipedia. And it, it does say, I mean, you've got to get to the right one here because there's all kinds of dumb shit. When you go to Men of Letters, it might take you to a, a landing page where there's multiple definitions of Men of Letters. Mm-hmm. I, I think the I think the best place to go would be called Man of Letters. It takes you to the it takes you to the landing page known as Intellectual. So let me let me open another window to see if Man of Letters takes me directly there. Man of Letters. Wikipedia. Man of Letters, Wikipedia, it takes you to intellectual. Okay. Linda, are you there? Yes. Ray, are you there? Working on it. All right. Um, Again, if you go to Man of Letters, it'll take you to another Wikipedia landing page where it says men of letters. And then it says, it gives you four alternatives, and the very top one says man of letters, certain types of intellectual people. Man of letters. This is, again, very important, so I'll wait. We'll find it. We'll get you there, Ray. Supernatural. No. Go type, I want you to retype, I just want you to type in man of letters, M-A-N-O-F letters. Did that. 
Well, what is it? What does it come? Uh, go to Wiki. Man of Letters. W I K I. I'm going to just be real specific now. Man of Letters. W I K I. Tell me, and and it's going to bring up Men of Letters Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, it brings up Men of Letters. Okay, click on Men of Letters Wikipedia. All right. Tell me what you're looking at. Uh, starts out with Men of Letters may refer to Man of Letters. Click on that one. <laughs> now you're there. Okay. Okay, you're there. Got it? It says in, uh, Man of Letters and Intellectual. That's it. An intellectual is a person who engages in critical thinking, research, and reflection about the reality of society and who proposes solutions for, a normative, for, for the normative problems of society. Coming from the world of culture, either as a creator or as a mediator, the intellectual participates in politics either to defend a concrete proposition or to denounce an injustice, usually by either rejecting or producing or extending an ideology and by defending a system of values. That sentence has so much truth to it, it's not even funny. Um, but first of all, I want you to think about this. Men of letters. Have we not been discussing a letter? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. I am going to by I'm not done with this. Don't put this away yet, but I'm going to I'm going to see if I actually still have a photograph of this. Because this is so incredible. This discovery Recents. Let's see what I got here. <laughs> there it is. Look at that. Okay, I'm going to send this to you guys because it's mind-blowing when you read it. Uh, image 219. By the way, you're actually part of my thinking process. This is how I work. This is how I think. Um, it's, a, it's a very slow, arduous process, but if you complete it, if you actually follow it, if you take your time and learn it, there's no mistaking the truth. So I'm going to send this to you guys. And I think, is it okay uh, if I send it attached to the other ones? Yeah. Are you okay with that? Ray, are you okay with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, let me just attach this to those. So I'm going to reply, and I'm going to attach this image. Mm-hmm. 
you're attaching it to the Harry S one or the other one? Well, yeah, I'm just, whatever that last thing I just sent you. Um, let okay. me look at it real quick, make sure it's the right one. This, by the way, Ray, this is so amazing when you see this. Let's, let's see if that's the right one. Yes. Okay, here it comes. Tell me when you get it. Oh, shit. Is that the, yeah, there it is. Tell me when you get it. I was almost afraid to post this at Facebook because it's this it's so mind blowing. Tell me when you get it, Ray. Nothing yet. You'll get it. I have faith. <laughs> <laughs> I I have faith in the internet. It's gonna come at the back end of that one I just sent you. So it's not going to be a new, but it is going to be additional. Okay, so I got to look at not a new one, but the original. No, the one I just yeah, the one I just sent you with the Harry S. Period Truman. It's going to be at the back end of that one. I'll send you a new one if you need it, but it's 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 on a, it's it's there. Yeah, Linda, you like this thing, don't you? This this particular screenshot. Yeah, yeah, I, I got it the other day off of uh, Facebook. Yeah. What's this from? This is actually from the memoirs of the of Medical Society of London. No shit. Yeah. Wow. <coughs> I'm sending you another one. Separate. Oh. You ready? Uh, let's see. I have Harry S. Truman. I'm sending you a new one. I'm working at a disadvantage. There's a new one coming that's not attached to anything. Tell me when you get it. Okay, I got something here. 2.1 Okay. Open that baby up. Okay, it's pink and blue. That's the one. Okay, so this is this is one of the greatest finds I've ever discovered in my in my quest. This is out of a book called The Memoirs of the Medical Society of London and it's from 1773. 
three years before the Declaration of Independence. So this, the medical society in London were already acknowledging something before the Declaration of Independence was even written. By the way, the London Medical Society actually had some people that signed the Declaration of Independence. Mm -hmm. How's that? Just so you know. I'm going to read the pink box. In printing the memoirs of the society, comma, the fellows and corresponding members are distinguished by initials affixed to their names from other respectable gentlemen of the faculty who have kindly finished or furnished valuable communications. That's the pink box. The fellows and corresponding members. Mm -mm. Wow. The fellow is the living man. The corresponding member is the piece that was amputated. The cut umbilical cord and the remaining material is the member, the biological member. So it says the fellows and members are distinguished by initials affixed to their names. So if you look at Curtis R. Period Kallenbach, you have Curtis R. or Curtis Richard with the period, or Curtis R. Period, that's the fellow. And the cut material that is attached to all of my inheritance Kallenbach is the member. Mm -hmm. And you distinguish those two positions by the initial, the R, period. They, in the medical society back then, knew that the whole biology of the living being is the baby, the umbilical cord, and the extra embryonic material. They knew that that was life in its entirety. So when they cut that member, when they cut that umbilical cord, they created a corresponding member. A corresponding member. To who? The living man. Correspondence, by the way, is what? What does the word correspondence mean? Well, let's just go to it. Maybe? <laughs> I'm going to go to corresponding at Webster's. Corresponding. This, I'm, this is so unbelievable. Having or participating in the same relationship, especially with regard to the same or like, what's that word there, Linda? Hold. Are you at corresponding? <laughs> Yes, holes. What is the word? W-H-O-L-E-S. So corresponding means having or participating in the same relationship, especially 
with regard to the same or like holes, W-H-O-L-E, holes. Wow. Luke 5.31. Yeah. They that are whole need no physician, require no physician. Right out of the Bible, right out of the mm-hmm. memoir of the London Medical Society. You're only whole if you're uncut. Mm-hmm. If, but if you are cut, you need to reconcile it. Yeah. If you are cut, the only way to reconcile the past and the present is through a period, an initial period. Period. B, 1B, related, accompanying, accompanying. How about number 2A? Who's going to see this if they don't have the eyes to see? Charged with the duty of writing letters. Wow. Curtis R. Period Kallenbach. Did I just write a letter? You did. Yeah, the R. Period, right? Mm-hmm. And you identified the initial period by writing that. Charged with the duty of writing letters. I just did. Curtis wow. R. Period Kallenbach has a letter, and that letter is R. It identifies the Christian, which is where the trust is, the Christian trust with all of my father's property in it. Yeah, it has if it I, all. If I'm not in harmony with that father's name, if I'm cut off from that father, I am a pauper, vagabond, or fugitive from justice. Mm-hmm. And they wrote about that cut. They knew what that cut was because they were participating in it. Don't all hospitals cut the umbilical cord? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're creating the need for a middleman. Mm-hmm. But they're identifying themselves separately. Why? Because when you read what they wrote, what does it say? Fellows and corresponding members are distinguished by initials affixed to their names from other respectable gentlemen of the faculty who have kindly furnished valuable communications. Again, by furnishing value communications, you're leaving behind all of your property in the trust. Now, what's the next paragraph right after the pink box? It says, in the recollection of the enjoyment of the company and labors of their members. The company and labors of their members. The company. Pollenbach is the company. Mm -hmm. And labors of their members. Is not the member cut off upon the labor of mother? Mm -hmm. Hell, they even say that she went into labor, and then they actually have a room usually in a hospital for that specific thing, delivery. But look what it says here. Mm-hmm. In the recollection, recollection. If I recollect something, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say recollect it, but if I recollect it, what's another word for recollection? Memory. Oh, memory. Wow. Yeah. If I don't remember Mm. the first nine months in the womb, I don't recollect it, do I? 
No. If I don't remember it, I don't have a link to the bank. I don't have a connection to the father's account, do I? No. If I claim a birthday that cuts me off from the first 40 weeks of the womb, I will forever remain a pauper, vagabond, and fugitive from justice, won't I? Mm -hmm. I need to reconcile those two positions. I need to reconcile the Father and the Son, don't I? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do I do that? I do it through the baptismal name or the baptismal character, the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. What's the Holy Ghost? The phantom limb. Yes. Ghost, phantom, the limb that was cut off of you, the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. There's your Trinity right there. Mm -hmm. Does Curtis R. Period Kallenbach evidence the Trinity? Yes, absolutely. Yes. The Father Kallenbach, the Son Curtis, and the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, Richard. Mm -hmm. And it's written properly. Curtis R. Period Kallenbach. Hell, it's the only way the United States will even recognize you. Yep. If the United States sees you as broken or cut or diseased, perhaps they'll put you in quarantine. Mm-hmm. If you're diseased. Back to that paragraph, it says, in the recollection, in the recollection, in the memory of the enjoyment of the company and labors of their members, the ones cut off, the society cannot but regret, listen to this, the loss of any individual of their body to preserve, however, some honorable memorial of their their former associates it is proposed to introduce in the publications of the society memoirs of their deceased members. Is that not a birth certificate? Yeah. But you can't use the birth certificate as is. I can't use Curtis Richard Kallenbach because that's the deceased member, isn't it? Yes. How do, I re- how do I reconcile my present situation with that deceased member, Linda? Um, by stick, uh, fixing, uh, what, do, what does it say up there above? Um, by using an initial period. Initial period, yes. I only by, connect uh, to the Father. I only connect to the Father through the Holy Ghost. Yes. Initial affixed to their name, yeah. But they, but they say that the only way I can connect to the Father is through the Son, or Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, mem- the, London, the London Medical Society knows that the cut material represents Jesus. They know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are two terms that most people have never heard in their life. Noble lie... Noble lie, L-I-E, like a liar. Somebody's lying to you. A noble lie. Oh, so it's a good lie. It's a, it's a respectable lie. Nevertheless, it's a lie. 
The other one is Pious, P-I-O-U-S, I believe, Pious Fiction. Both of those, Pious Fiction and Noble Lie are one and the same thing. On the church side and Jesus, Jesus is a pious fiction. A pious fiction. The deposit in the trust, the biology that the, that the memoir identifies through this corresponding member is a noble lie. The state uses a noble lie, the church uses a pious fiction to identify the cut material that's placed on deposit and held in trust to pay the bill. By the way, let's get this out of the way right away. Uh, Let's go to the definition while we got, well, I'm not even done with corresponding yet. Yeah, I'm pretty much done with it. Just go to, at Webster's, since you have it open, go to D-E-B-T. Type in debt. Debt. Tell me when you're there. There. D-E-B-T at Webster's Online. Tell me when you're there. I'm there. Ray, are you there? I'm getting there. D-E-B-T at Webster's Online. Tell me, just tell me, what, let me know when you're there. Okay, it says I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> to prove it, what does one say? Number one, what does the very first line say? State of owing money. Oh, you're well, you're somewhere else. Uh, something typical, typically money that is owed. No, no, no. You're you're not at Webster's Online. It looks like. Okay. Um, go to Webster's Online because I want you to use. I want you to see this, and I don't. I don't even know what you're looking at right now. Just type in D E B T space. D-E-F, like definition, and then just go to Webster's. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, 75% off. (laughs) No, I'm just looking for the definition. I'm not looking to buy one. No, I know, I know. Uh, Merriam-Webster's, okay, Dictionary. Okay, definition definition of debt noun something owed obligation. Oh, you're exactly looking at we at what we are. Go down to number four. And what's the first word that comes up? What's the first two words there? Sin, comma trespass. Okay, so so debt, debt and sin are the same thing, aren't they? What it says. Well, that's what it says. I'm not making the shit up. Uh, what I want no, is that you can, go to, you can go to Webster's online, and when they say that, that you owe a debt, that's the original sin. The idea that when they cut that cord, 
it creates a space to where they can ask a question. And that's where the, the Bar Association works. They work within that space of the cut. What I'm getting at is that sin and trespass, but sin and debt are exactly the same thing. If that's true, if sin and debt are the same word, then if Jesus, if the blood of Christ pays for all sin, all sin, if the blood of Christ pays the, for all sin, then if you can evidence the blood of Christ on deposit for you, does, does it wipe out any debt in your name? It should do all debt. It does do all debts. But it only does it on your account. When you identify the knowledge that I'm talking about right now, that the cut material that's being held on account is the blood of Christ, then any additional charge can never occur. Jesus paid for all sin. The blood of Christ paid for all debt because they use the word sin as irrelevant. The blood of Christ pays the debt. And that's what the cut material is. Well, that's simple. It is simple. After all my bullshit, after two hours almost on the phone, it comes down to one, it comes down to one thing. That cut material, the blood of Christ, is on deposit. And as long as that it stays on deposit, you have the ability to pay. Pay any charge that they try to bring against that account. Basically, you don't even have to pay it. All you have to do is ask the right question and, and, and reference the blood of Christ and whatever charge they believe they're trying to get double payments on, because if it's already been paid and they're asking you for more money, it sounds like they're trying to double up on what's the, the payment here. The cut material. I'm going to go to one other position on this before I forget about it. I'm going to the Fifth Amendment of the United States Constitution. Fifth Amendment. And I'm just going to Law Cornell because it pops up first in mine. Tell me when you're there. <clears throat> Ray, are you going to the Fifth Amendment with you there? Yep. Are you at... Okay, yeah, we're all, we're all looking at the same thing. I'm going to read the yellow box first. It says the Fifth Amendment creates a number of rights relevant to both criminal and civil legal proceedings. In criminal cases, the Fifth Amendment guarantees the right to a grand jury forbids double jeopardy, and protects against self-incrimination. It also requires that due process of law be part of any proceeding 
that denies a citizen life, liberty, and property and requires the government to compensate citizens when it takes private property for public use. So now I'm going to read the amendment, and I'm going to show you something. <clears throat> amendment 5 says, No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime. To answer. Think about that. You have to answer to any of this nonsense if I prove what I'm about to prove, it says the Fifth Amendment, no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury. Hey, when, you're held, when, when they take you into a courtroom for speeding has a grand jury, has a grand jury indictment been brought against you? No. No. What the hell's going on there? I'm just asking a question. So when it says, indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arriving in the land or naval forces or in the militia when in actual service in time of war or public danger, semicolon, nor shall any person be subject to the same offense or for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, semicolon, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. The only one I'm looking at in here is right in the middle where it says, nor, nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb. When they amputate the umbilical cord, they're amputating a limb. Mm -hmm. And when they execute that limb in a court, any court, anywhere, when they execute that character, that limb, there can never be an additional charge upon that account because if any new charges are brought, that's double jeopardy. So on the church side, you have the blood of Christ paying the bill in full, never to have an additional charge brought. And on the state side, you have the Fifth Amendment that says a limb once executed never allows for any additional charge to be brought on that account. That's double jeopardy. So if you know that the cut material... Evidences on the church side the blood of Christ, which pays the bill, and it also evidences a limb that has been already executed, thus saying that another charge can never be brought. The bill's been paid either way, church or state. Yeah, wow. <clears throat> There's more to it than this, but I'm trying to keep it simple. Mm -hmm. I know it doesn't seem like it, but I'm trying to keep this very simple. So all debts are paid. They're paid by the blood of Christ through the church. They're paid by the execution of the limb on the state side. There is no way any more charges can ever be brought against you, ever, when you know how to keep harmony between the parts. And the only way I know is Curtis R. Period Kallenbach, the initial period, also spoken of in 
the memoirs of the London Medical Society of 1773, three years before the Declaration of Independence. In fact, one or two of the guys within that medical society signed the Declaration of Independence. They knew what they were doing. They knew how to keep their property intact. So, Ray, if I were to tell you to pull yourself together, pull yourself together, Ray. Come on, man, pull yourself together. How would you signal me that you are pulled together? You are W-H-O-L-E. How would you do that? What would it look like? Tell me. Um, it would be first, middle, period, last. No, 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 it wouldn't be. Tell me. You're looking right at Curtis R. Period, Kallenbach. Tell me exactly how it would be. I'm Raymond, what? I'm sorry? You're looking right at the answer, Curtis R. Period, Kallenbach. For you, how would it look for you, not for me, for you? Raymond, what? Will be Raymond uh, K. Period. Rayon. There it is. That's you pulling yourself together. That's oh. you. W H O L E. That's Humpty fucking Dumpty back together again. <laughs> and only you know how to do it. <laughs> and the international banks will recognize that sovereign immunity from dis-ease. I never want to hear first, middle, last out of your mouth again, ever, because there's no such thing as first, middle, last for Curtis R. Period Kallenbach. There is no first name, there is no middle name, and there is no last name, because it's one singular organizational title from the beginning. There is no first, there is no middle, and there is no last. It's just one. Does one, does a ball, think about a ball, think about a marble, I don't care, think about a sphere. Tell me where the front end of a sphere is, Ray. Sphere. A sphere, P S P H E R E, sphere. Uh, it'd be difficult uh, the point of first attachment for a sphere yeah in other words if you drew a circle you would have a initial point but I'm not talking about a circle I'm talking about a three dimensional sphere where's the where's that would the be beginning? more difficult <laughs> you know where it really is in biology it's in the middle. The zygote. Yeah, it grows out in all directions. There is no beginning point that you can actually point at because it's inside. There's no edge that evidences the beginning because the edge is inside. And it doesn't exist as an edge. It exists as a point, almost like a period. If I ask you, what's your point? <laughs> Ray, what's your point? K what did you point. say? <laughs> the initial period. Yes. 
This is so beautifully simple. And is this not is a period? Is not a period a, a sphere? Is it? Well, it's, no, it's only two-dimensional. A period is two-dimensional because a period, by definition, would actually, I mean, it would, you're, look, you're thinking of it on a page. Right. But think of, you, it's only a point in space. Yes, you're right. Realistically, does a point in space have any dimension? No. One dimension is, well, I guess it is one-dimensional, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have mm -hmm. length, width. It doesn't have height. It, 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 so it doesn't, it doesn't have a volume to it because there's no inside of the point. Correct. Realistically. Mm -hmm. But the point I'm trying to make is the initial period. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point I've been trying to make the whole time. Curtis R. Period Kallenbach mm -hmm. is the evidence of the Patron. Curtis R. Period Kallenbach mm -hmm. is the organ international organizational title. Curtis R. Period Kallenbach has sovereign immunity from dis-ease because it's in harmony with it, of all its parts are in harmony. Convenience and consistency. And the United States recognizes that signal. God, just give me a signal. I just gave you a signal. I just identified your signal that you're praying for. That's the signal. So, Ray, you and I are on a boat. I'm taking you on a boat now. And we're out in the middle of a harbor coming into, to, uh, we're in international waters coming into the port of some other country, some other jurisdiction. And, and the harbor master is, is trying to get us to identify ourselves and I put up the flag, the flag of Curtis R. Period Kallenbach. I signal the harbor master with Curtis R. Period Kallenbach, and what does he know just through that signal? He knows that I have the ability to pay because I'm directly linked to the father's name, to that account. He knows that I'm not ill. I, I, I'm not diseased. I don't need to be quarantined for 40 days and 40 nights out there in the water because I'm not sick. I'm not ruined financially. I'm connected to that foundational, that money. I'm connected. Will the harbor master let me into the country? If yes. it's my proper signal. Yes. yes. Yes, in fact, he knows I can pay whatever bill because I have a letter of credit. <laughs> being a man of What's letters. the letter of credit? What? I said being a man of letters, you have a, a, a letter of credit. I have a line of credit, a letter of credit that is coming from the foundation called Kallenbach. Yes. As long as I remain in communication, which is also known as communion in the church, if I'm in communion, if I'm always in communication with the Father, I'm always, I always have the money, the ability to pay. When FDR took the money, the gold out of the system in 1933, he gave everybody this official capacity to pay the bill if he understood the blood of Christ. But nobody did. Nobody does. Nobody understands it's biological. 
So now I'm going to go to I, – I don't know if I should just get this to you guys. Flag of convenience. I'm, I'm going to flag of convenience. If I, just, if I just Google flag of convenience maritime law, flag of convenience will do it. I'm going to send you the link just in case you can't find it. Flag of convenience. Flag of convenience. I just sent it to you, by the way, if you can't find it. Uh, I'm at Maritime Law, and it's actually Sea Law, S-E-A-L-A-W.com. It's a green and yellow page, or green, green and yellow. Tell me, uh, Linda, did you find it? I think so, just a second here. Well, I, I sent you guys right both the link directly yeah. now, so if you check yep, your, your mailbox to make sure. Ray, tell me when you get it. I sent it I sent it from my Proton Mail to that email address. So check your email, it should be there by now. I think I have it. It says, the first line says, do you have questions regarding maritime law? Um, I better check that because that doesn't seem right to me. Okay, let me go. I'll go back and get um, it. The, 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 I think the heading is called Flag of Convenience. I wrote it right in the uh, heading. Okay. Ray, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. Did you did did you get that email with the flag of convenience? Not yet. My I'll send it again. Dismal. I'm sending another one. There it is. I got it. There it is. The last one I got was uh, memories. Well, that's not possible because I sent you other stuff today. All right, I just sent it to you again.
I'm sending it again. <laughs> I mean, I, it's it's it, it's horrible. Yeah, your service must just be shit. Oh yeah, two hundred and thirty-five dollars a month. Yeah. Well, I mean, when when they have you bent over, and you have no alternatives or no options. Uh, let's see. I have flag of convenience. That, well, that's it. And from a secure email, it came in at one o'clock. Oh, is it one o'clock? Yeah, it is one o'clock your time. Yeah, (laughs) but it's actually the present moment, so we're always in the present together. So, oh, sea law. That's it, Linda. You're already there. So you got you Mm -hmm. sent three. I got one. (laughs) Well, the other two might come later later in your lifetime. Um, (laughs) This. Curtis R. Period Kallenbach is the flag of convenience. Remember that even in Harry S. Period Truman, it says for what? Convenience and consistency, didn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. They even use the same words. So when, when we come into a port with our boat, our, our, our commercial vessel, my case, the commercial vessel is called Kallenbach. When I'm with my boat, when I'm the captain of the ship, you can identify me as the captain because it says Curtis R. Period. There's the captain. What's the name of the boat? Kallenbach. When I put that flag of convenience up and it's in its proper order, if it's in its proper order, Curtis R. Period, Kallenbach, will the judge ever say I'm out of order? No. No. For one thing, I'll never be in a courtroom. But if I ever found myself in a courtroom, the judge would never find me in contempt because I'm not in contempt of God, the creator. He would never find me out of order because I'm not out of order. In fact, if a judge saw Curtis R. Period Kallenbach, he would wonder what I'm doing in that room. Flag of convenience. It says... The international law of the sea is, although vast, incomplete, having significant gaps. The gap is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the cut that creates a space or a gap, a fault, F-A-U-L-T, a fault that separates you. It goes on to say its application is uneven and patchy, largely determined by the non-binding nature of certain agreements or the wide margins of discretion uh, that much of this legislation grants to governments. Yeah, it's all contrived. You're talking about law of the sea where people would, this is admiralty. By the way, when they cut the cord, and the rest of you, the rest of your estate is still in the waters of mother. Does the waters of mother sound like admiralty law? Waters of mother? Waters of mother? Waters of mother? Does that sound like maybe admiralty law might apply? Yes. Yes. I'll answer myself. Next paragraph. In April... 29, 1958, the first United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea signed the Geneva Convention on the High Seas. This convention establishes in Article 5 that each 
state shall fix the conditions for the grant of its nationality to ships, for the registration of ships in its territory, and for the right to fly its flag. Ships have the nationality of the state whose flag they are entitled to fly. There must exist a genuine link, a genuine link between the state and the ship. In particular, the state must effectively exercise its jurisdiction and control in administrative, technical, and social matters over ships flying its flag. When I'm flying my flag, my state of mind and the vessel, Kallenbach, there's a genuine, genuine, genuine link between me and the vessel, the boat, Kallenbach. The link is the umbilical cord between me and the vessel. But when they mm -hmm. cut it, they create duality. And if I don't know how to bring harmony to me and that vessel, that vessel's stuck back in the past. That vessel's stuck back there at the airport or stuck in some trust, stuck in some lost and found. If I can establish a genuine link between me and that vessel, I'm going to say this, and Ray, you better laugh. My ship has come in. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I think so, yes. <laughs> so when people say, I'm waiting for my ship to come in, are they, what are, they're implying they're waiting for access to their money. They're waiting mm -hmm. for their ship to come in saying that all of the stuff they worked so hard to get, it's finally come to fruition, hasn't it? My yeah. ship has come in means I have access to my money. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I'm talking about here. Curtis R. Period, Kallenbach, evidences my ship has come in. That's sovereign immunity. Sovereign immunity. All right. Um, next paragraph, and we're done with this, this part of it. It says, protected by this convention, large shipping companies and cruise lines choose to register the vessels in certain countries, taking advantage of their tax laws of convenience, avoiding high international standards. This practice is known by the term flag of convenience. I'm telling you right now that when you are in connection with your baggage and effects, 22 U.S.C. 288B, when the owners arrived in connection with his baggage and effects, there is no IRS and there is no duty to perform. There is no additional charge even possible because that bill has been paid. It's been paid by the blood of Christ, and it is double jeopardy because that limb has already been executed as evidenced by the birth certificate, by, by, the, by, the, by the birth certificate. 
So now we turn the card over. By the way, there's, I could go on for days about the front of that card, but I think, Linda, is there anything you think I forgot on the front side? Oh, I mean, there is so much more, but I think it's... I, I know there is, but, but I, I, think that, I think that this is enough for people to recognize how much goes into that just mm -hmm. the front of that card. Understand that you become the patron saint. You're, um, you're connected to... The, I'm sorry, what? How about, would you talk a little bit about the color you chose, the colors? Um, not really. I don't want to, that, that, that becomes a little esoteric for people. I, the blue and the okay. gold, to me, I mean, obviously that makes sense. All, also, it's just, it, I think the blue evidences certain things. The gold obviously evidences certain things. But I think that we can, I mean, that, that's maybe for a different call. I'm going to go to the yep. other side. Thank you for bringing that up. It, it yep. does. It, it is important, by the way. But, but I mean, mm -hmm. we're, I, I know this is already a tough call. <laughs> yes, it is. This is this, it is. this is a very tough call. So I'm going to go back to the Patron card. I'm going to go to the back. So the front side, I have blue and gold, don't I? Mm -hmm. On the back side, it's just black and white, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's just black and white. I mean, it's right there in black and white, isn't it? Mm -hmm. By the way, if I use color, I am, when I color something, uh, that's a decision, but black and white is what I'm using on the, black si on the back side. I'm using black and white for a reason. I'm not adding any color to it. I'm using somebody else's words, am I not? Yes, you are. Okay, so I'm going to go mm -hmm. to... I'm going to read the backside, and then I'm going to just explain simply why that's the only thing that I'm using. This card, to me, I can hand to anybody. I can use this card in any, any communication or correspondence in, by the mail service. I can do anything with this card. Because the people that know what this card means uh, are not going to question. They're not going to bring a cause of action against this card because... They can't. It's impossible to bring a cause of action against this card or against the Patron. 18 U.S. Code, subsection 112, protection of foreign officials, official guests, and internationally protected persons. Under that, it says it's the definition of internationally protected person. When I say internationally protected person, I'm talking about anywhere in the world. It says, internationally protected person. This is the definition. C, for the purpose of this section, foreign government, foreign official, internationally protected person, international organization, national of the United States, and official guest shall have the same meaning, meanings as those provided in section 1116B of this title. I, I believe that the Curtis R. Period Kallenbach on the front of the card is known as an international organization, which is also referenced in the Harry S. Period Truman 
organizational position. Um, why is this important? Because, well, why don't I just go to 18 U.S. Code 112 and read the paragraph because that's where, that's where your diplomatic immunity is evidenced. So I'm going to 18 U.S.C. 112. Again, the title is Protection of Foreign Officials, Official Guests, and Internationally Protected Persons. Here's A, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm only reading the first paragraph because there's no reason to go any further. A, whoever assaults, strikes, wounds, imprisons, or offers violence to a foreign official, official guest, or internationally protected person, or makes any other violent attack upon the person or liberty of such person, or if likely to endanger his person or liberty, makes a violent attack upon his official premises, private accommodation, or means of transport, or attempts to commit any of the foregoing, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than three years or both. Whoever in the commission of any such act uses a deadly or dangerous weapon or inflicts bodily injury shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 10 years. Again, means of transport. If I'm going between points A and B, me, from my house to the grocery store, and somebody comes up to my window um, believing they have some authority over my means of transport, and they come up to my window with a gun on their hip, does the last line of 18 U.S.C. 112, paragraph A, come into play, Linda? Absolutely. Right. In fact, even... Even to stop me mm -hmm. moving between A and B. What is that? I mean, just even stopping it's me. It's, yeah, it's an arrest. It's the stopping of your movement. If they stop me, Mm -hmm. under the presumption of some authority, they've interfered. Interference, or if they place me or they attempt to use the word arrest, remember that to arrest is to stop forward movement. Mm -hmm. And stopping the forward progress and arrest is to abort. People don't yeah. realize it, but the cops never place you under arrest. They never do. You place yourself under arrest by claiming the cut, the abortion. When you claim a birthday, you're claiming an aborted vessel. You're claiming it yourself. You're placing yourself under arrest. Nobody understands yeah. this stuff because it's all biological. Mm -hmm. But my point is, is that the back of the card evidences the international organization that is beyond all of this nonsense. It is literally, literally diplomatic immunity, diplomatics, diploma. Think about this. Have you graduated? Have you learned your lesson? 
Finally, after 60-plus years, have we learned our lesson yet? Yes. 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 We've all, the three yes, of us I have know. graduated from the alma mater, mother. <laughs> We've finally come out of her. We've graduated. Mm-hmm. We have our diploma now, the knowledge to move forward. Mm-hmm. Our alma mater was the placenta, was mother. And we have finally yeah. come out of her, haven't we? Yes. We have our diploma, and that diploma is our knowledge, and that knowledge is Curtis R. Period Kallenbach in my case. That diploma is a flag of convenience. It's the diplomatics that allow me sovereign immunity anywhere in the world and to be recognized by, as having sovereign immunity. By the way, I, I, I know that pretty much 100% of the people that even start listening to this will not finish this, this call, and, and they won't even attempt to learn what's being said on this, on this recording. I'm under no delusions, illusions that people care about this shit. But I do. Alma, I care about alma the truth. Mater. Yeah. Alma mater. What is, what is it? Tell Wiki, me what alma mater says. In Wikipedia, it says benevolent mother. Right. The church. That's a Church title of Rome, Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. Say that again. I can't hear you. You're muffled. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, benevolent mon- mother, a title used for the Virgin Mary and in, tiqui- and in antiquity, several goddesses. Right. Artemis. I mean, all of these goddesses, all of these meanings. Um, wow. I just like the simplicity, even alma mater at Webster's says, a school, college, or university which one has attended or from which one has graduated. I believe mm-hmm. that when you, finally find, when you finally learn your lesson, the only lesson that's necessary is fertilization, by the way. When you learn that the origin of the species, that's your godly origin, when you finally learn the zygote is the biological estate and entirety of your existence, when you finally learn that you can never be cut from that ever and exist in reality, that's the only lesson you need to learn. And we fail to learn that because we have all kinds of nonsensical beliefs or worse, um, we fight those that have those beliefs. Think about that. If, I, if I'm a believer in the Bible, the religious version of it, I believe in Jesus as a Savior. But according to Luke 5.31, if I believe in Jesus as a Savior, I'm sick because the only ones that need salvation are the sick. Well, in the Bible, who's the ones that are sick? In Luke 5.31, who's the only ones that are considered sick? Publicans, publicans. and sinners. And sinners, yeah. Those are the only two that Jesus is speaking of. When they ask, dude, Jesus, why do you only sit and eat, break bread with uh, publicans and sinners? And he says in 531, well, those that are whole need no physician, but they that are sick. So Jesus is doing a couple of things here. Number one, he's actually admitting to being a physician. 
Number two, he's saying that if you're W-H-O-L-E, you don't need me. And number three, he says the only ones that need me are S-I-C-K, sick. Well, what is sin? Debt. So Jesus is saying, well, you need me if you're in debt. Well, what happens? Jesus dies. The blood of Christ pays all debt, pays for the, all sin. So all you have to do is know that the cut material is the blood of Christ, which is on deposit, and as long as you let sleeping dogs lie, as long as you leave it where it is, but you know it exists, the bill is paid. That's it. It's that simple. On the other side, on the state side, hey, listen, you can't charge this account anymore. That'd be double jeopardy. Why? Because a limb has already been executed. Yeah. Fifth Amendment. Okay. And finally, that's, just, that's the card. The card does all of that. If you know the card does all that, you imagine the power of that card? Mm-hmm. I mean, do you realize just by knowing uh, uh, Luke 5.31 where Jesus, Jesus' own words in the Bible, they that are whole need no physician. Hey, you know what? You could go to Vistaprint and just get that printed on a card. Why? Because if somebody talks to you about COVID or somebody talks to you about vaccines or somebody talks to you about uh, wearing a mask, just hand them that card. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, this is your community. This is your world. Hell, even Jesus says, those that are whole, they that are whole need no physician. Sorry, got to go. You, your shit don't affect me. Your beliefs don't affect me. Your, your, you being the publican or you being the sinner doesn't affect me. I'm not in debt. I'm not a debtor. The blood of Christ has already paid the bill for me. Oh, so you have faith? No, I have knowledge. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now the evidence that this is all true. You have a picture of a friend of mine who called me. Now, Ray, I'm going to tell this story again. Linda, you've heard this story. You've been involved in this. You know Kevin. Mm-hmm. Here we go. A buddy of mine called me just before Christmas of this year, just before Christ Mass this year. What's really funny is, before I forget, this is kind of funny. We're all old enough to maybe remember this. Remember back in the 60s, mid-60s, the cartoon, excuse me, the cartoon that came out, Frosty the Snowman? Mm-hmm. Ray, do you remember Frosty the Snowman, that cartoon? Oh, yeah. Okay. This is kind of funny, and it's kind of, it's a tangent. It, it is relative. It's related to what I'm talking about. Frosty the Snowman, this cartoon, number one, is made up of three balls, right? Three, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, whatever. Um, but that's not relevant. When I, when, the very first words out of Frosty's mouth, when the, when the magic hat's put on him or whatever, what's the, what's the first words out of this frozen, this frozen water, this frozen water character, this frozen character, what's the first words out of his mouth? funny as hell happy birthday oh my 
That's the very first words out of his mouth. The birthday evidence is the freezing of your account. So if Frosty the Snowman, the frozen, is saying happy birthday, he's evidencing the frozen aspect of your account with that birthday. The birthday evidences a stopping in the progression into the present. So again, happy birthday is the freezing of that account. And until you remember it through your knowledge, you don't have access to it. You don't have access to that account. It's frozen. It's frozen assets. Happy birthday. You guys can look it up. It's actually, you can still find it out there on the Internet. Okay, so Kevin, back to Kevin. Sorry, this is how I think. Kevin calls me up before Christmas, and he says, I mean, we catch up. We haven't talked for eight months or whatever. And he says at the end of the conversation, he says, oh, yeah, by the way, I bought a little piece of property um, just north of me or whatever. And I said, really, is it pretty cool? He goes, yeah, I think I'll, I'll do something with it. All right. He says, but I just, I just wanted to tell you that I got the tax bill, the property bill, the, tax, the property tax bill. And I said, oh, okay. And he goes, well, let me tell you what I did. I said, all right. He says, I went, I looked at the, I looked at the total that, that, of the statement, the total due, and I went to uh, someplace and I got a money order for the whole amount, for the whole tax bill. All right. He says, so I put the, I put the money order in the envelope, okay, and then I took the statement um, and I wrote on it. Now, remember, the statement is like the, about the size of a size 10 envelope. And, on, and the statement is sort of horizontal in its, in its structure. And so on the left side is the first half payment. On the right side is the second half payment. And there's a perforation down the middle, which allows you to make two, two, two payments. What he, but he went and got a money order for the whole thing. So he didn't tear it in two. He didn't tear it. He just left it whole. So on the first half payment side, he wrote, in his, just printed with his own hand, does not the blood of Christ pay for this? Question mark. And then he signed it pacifist. And then he signed it with his flag of convenience, Kevin R. Period Loudon. And then he thumbprinted it. And he did the same thing for the other half. Exact, I mean, the same thing. Does not the blood of Christ pay for this? Pacifist Kevin D. Period Loudon. Thumbprint. He put that statement in with the money order. And I'm not sure if it was a week or two or whatever, but he got in the mail back from the treasurer, the, the county treasurer, a check for the same amount that the statement claimed he owed or that he believed he owed or not believed it. What I'm getting at is that he got a check back for the exact same amount of the money order. And in the memo, as if you look down at the picture down here, it says overpayment on 2021 real estate taxes. Overpayment, which means that the total due was never due for those that know the blood of Christ has already paid for this. Now, he asked, he asked a question. Does not the blood of Christ pay for this? That question is not a statement. It is not a claim. 
He's asking a question. And the way they answered his question as fiduciaries of the trust, they did what a fiduciary was supposed to do. Pay the bill. Because it's already on deposit. Jesus, the blood of Christ has already paid for this. The phantom limb that has been amputated is what? It's, it's the executed limb that is, would, would, would evidence double jeopardy if charged twice. The point is, is that yep. he got a receipt back along with his payment that is stamped paid because it's an overpayment. Any additional payment on any of these statements is an overpayment because the blood of Christ has paid for the bill and has since 1933 and the New Deal with FDR's statement in his first inaugural address when he says, today this is a day of national consecration. He created holy ground where that deposit, that material has been deposited in that name. So when you are able and, and, and evidence a genuine link to the vessel, to the boat, that actually contains all of that property, you're not a pauper, vagabond, and fugitive from justice running around making claims. You're not an orphan. You're not a bastard. Or a, lun- a lunatic. <laughs> or a lunatic. All of this evidence is... Um, your pacifism. You can, it, it, this only works for a pacifist, by the way. Because you can't choose sides. You can't choose sides. The, the two extremes, they're going to call it the left and the right. There's only two positions for these extreme people. You have communism, full-blown communism on one side, and you have full-blown fascism on the other side. If you allow the cut to remain a cut, then you have to choose sides. If you're a pacifist and you remain W-H-O-L-E, there is no side to choose. You're neither a communist nor a fascist or fascist. You're nothing more than whole. And again, the Bible mm-hmm. says, Luke 5.31, they that are whole need not a physician. You don't need to be fixed. Think about it. Elmer's glue is a glue. What's a glue? It's a bonding agent. When do you use a glue? When something's broken. If you're not broken, do you require a bonding agent? No. Do you require a bond? No. No. So, have you, so. If you've never been broken, if, you, if your spirit has never been broken, the biology's been cut, but has your spirit ever been broken? No. No. From fertilization to last breath all present and accounted for. If you forsake or forget the first 40 weeks or nine months in the womb, that's a break in spirit, isn't it? Yeah. Because you have not put your spirit into all of your existence. There's a biological Mm -hmm. cut. They did biologically uh, violate you. It's an act of violence to cut the umbilical cord. It's an act of violence against the innocent. The cut is only there to do what? Produce the duality. That duality allows Mm -hmm. them to do what? 
to act upon a forsaken, forgotten, presumably abandoned estate in probate most mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you know how to put Humpty Dumpty back together, Curtis R. Period Kallenbach, and you understand through knowledge, not faith, not faith, you have to have knowledge of this. And that is the evidence of knowledge is Curtis R. Period Kallenbach. The evidence of that is the Harry S. Period Truman the evidence of that is that you're acting upon the knowledge and you don't require a middleman, a middle name, a middle initial. Hell, it even says it in Black Law. Under the common law, one Christian name, one surname. And the insertion, omission, or mistake in middle name or initial is immaterial. Meaning that if there is a middle name, a middle anything at this point, or even the presumption of a middle name. So if I just write Curtis Kallenbach and they have evidence of a middle name, they're evidencing what? An immaterial entity, non-material, a ghost. Do ghosts have rights? Can ghosts own property? Nope. Nope. Again, there is no middle initial in Curtis R. Period Kallenbach because Curtis R. is on the left side of the period, then there's the period, and then Kallenbach is on the right side. There is no middle. There's no middle. That's why there's no first and there's no last. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's an organ, international organizational title. There is no aspect of name to it. If you want to call me something, call me Kurt. Even Kurt in their world, would, they, they'd say, well, that's not really right. That's not really correct. Well, you know what? I'm the author. I'm the source. I'm the patron. You, I, I get to tell you what I will answer to. You don't get to tell me what I'll answer to. <laughs> Yeah. This is all the power. This is all the authority. And by the way, I'll, I'll, I'll end this call because it's, it's, it's long. But I'll end this with the concept of the powers that be. Everybody always talks about the powers that be. They this and they that. They're always trying to do this and they're always getting away with this. They, they. And of course, who are they? The powers that be. Right. The powers that be. Shakespeare said to be or not to be. What does that mean? That is the question. What does it mean? It means either you're present, here now, present. Being means present. Either you have presence and you are present, fully present, by the way. If you're fully present, then you don't leave a piece of you behind for somebody to find. If you're fully present, you have knowledge of fertilization being your godly origin and not some artifice called birthday. Mm-hmm. The powers that be are, are everyone that's in the present. But they have everybody saying the powers that be if it's something separate or outside of themselves. And by using the term the powers that be, you're implying you're not present. Mm-hmm. Where would you be if you're not present? You're frozen in the past. Mm-hmm. And you're frozen in the past by doing what? Claiming a birthday. So yeah, that birthday, that separation, that cut, that fault line creates the haves and the have-nots. 
This is, this is what we're going to end with. The haves, by the way, how many different ways can you, can you spell haves? The haves and the have-nots. The haves. Linda, spell have. H-A-V-E. Oh, so that's, that implies possession, doesn't it? Yes. Right? Yes, it does. <laughs> what about H-A-L-F? I want you to say, pronounce H-A-L-F. Half. Half. The haves <laughs> and the haves not. If, if so I'm either you full, don't, full or half. Yeah, yeah, think about that. The haves. How mm-hmm. about this? Ray, would you ever admit to this? If somebody said your behalf, if somebody did something on your behalf, is that even a possibility? No. No, because you're W-H-O-L-E. You don't, you don't have a half. You don't have a half. Can't. You're, you're, you're complete. You're complete, especially with this knowledge. Mm-hmm. So nobody can act mm-hmm. on your behalf. There's no reason for anybody to act on your behalf because it doesn't exist. <laughs> Hell, even when, when somebody says my better half, I kind of know what they mean. <laughs> and, and Debbie definitely knows what they mean. <laughs> the point is, is that there is no half. In my existence, there's only one, there's only one, O-N-E. One does not have a beginning, and it does not have an end. One. One biology. One. No beginning, no end. What I'm getting at is that if somebody tried to tell me where my biological origin was, I would say fertilization. But one itself I have one life, so it goes from fertilization to last breath. There's only one biology in that 61-plus years as it stands today. But there's only one. You can't reduce one. You can't reduce one without destroying it. You take any piece of the one away, it's not one anymore, is it? No. No. Once you take a piece of the whole away, you've destroyed the whole. That's what they've done by cutting the umbilical cord, is they've destroyed the entirety, and if they destroy any piece of the one, they've killed the one. Mm-hmm. You can't be alive if, if they've taken any piece of you away. You can't be. It's, not, it, it, it's logically impossible. If at any point during your lifetime the progress stopped, you'd be dead. But nobody on this call mm-hmm. is dead. Nope. So anyway, to clo- in closing, realistically, what I did is I've identified through Kevin's help and, and through 12 years of quest for the Holy Grail, I put together something so stinking simple, the card. Now the card has to be understood, but it's a business yeah. card. And believe it or not, my business is none of your business. Mm-hmm. My business is none of your business. Mm-hmm. Can't be. It's none of anybody's business unless I directly agree with you. And the only mm-hmm. way I can actually have full control of the business without anybody's hands in that, in that particular cookie jar is if I know 
where all of my pieces are by just calling it one biology. I am the mm-hmm. patron over a biological entirety. I'm the patron. Through the name or through the industrial property, through Kallenbach. You know what? I do want to add one more thing because this is something most people don't know. I mentioned it early in the call, but I did go to it, but I just thought of it now, and I think it's important. I'm going to go to, by the way, alma mater is amazing, and I think we've all graduated mm-hmm. from the alma mater mm-hmm. at this point. Um, oh, I'm going to go so to... I'm going to go to L-A-N-H-A-M, Lanham, Lanham Act, Lan, L-A-N-H-A-M Act, Lanham Act, and I'm going to Wikipedia. And this is actually evidencing the true power or authority of that father's name. That's why that K is on that card the way it is, because Kallenbach is ultimately the patron. I am the artist mm-hmm. out doing what I do, and without my father's link, my genuine link to my father, I have no support as the artist doing what I do. I'm the creator. I'm the artist. And I have a patron, and that patron is Kallenbach. All right, Lanham Act, Wikipedia. You guys both there, or should I just wait a couple more minutes? I'm there. Ray? Yeah, you're going to have to wait. Uh, uh, I'm okay. Should I send it to you? <laughs> I think he's looking at it on the phone. <laughs> okay, let me let me do this. Linda, are you following all this? Yep, absolutely. It's so brilliant. It's so simple. It is brilliant. So brilliant, and and you're brilliant. I, I'm awake. Yeah. I am awake. Well, there's been so many pieces, but it's like you have this skill of of putting it together. I'm I know really it's, it's actually pretty fun. It is a um. It's it, it's it's because my desire is so great for the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, and because you can look at things from so many places and see so many different aspects, you see the whole. Yeah, it's, it's pretty like weird. I was looking elephant. for something this morning. <laughs> yeah, I was looking for something this morning because I knew that the Smithsonian Institution um, emblem or you know, the, the symbol they use and the Society of Jesus emblem are almost identical. Uh, and I know there's there's more out there, and I, I posted one earlier, um, probably in the last month and a half or so at Facebook, but I couldn't remember what the other organization was. But yeah, it's uh, it's fun to remember all this stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna actually send this to both you guys. I should send it to myself too. I think I will. And we're going to end with this because what it is is the Lanham Act is it basically is telling the world that Kallenbach is off limits. 
to everybody but, but me. Mm-hmm. They're protecting the name Kallenbach as an international organization. Under what? Under 18 U.S.C. 112. They're, they're protecting mm-hmm. that, that name. But the Lanham Act is um, where they really get down into the, the nitty-gritty. Oh, wow. I just looked up the Smithsonian and the Society of Jesus, and it is, wow. <laughs> There's other wow. ones that look like that that I know they're all connected, but again, I forgot. I yeah. couldn't think of it today when I posted that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ray, Ray, I just sent you another... I'm going to finish with 15 U.S.C. 1125, which is inside the Lanham Act, but I want to read this because then you'll realize what Curtis R. Period and then Kallenbach, the foundation, the foundational, the fundamental aspect, the fundamental aspect. That's why when people talk about fundamentalists or Christian fundamentalists or whatever, I know that the global economy is ecumenical. And I know that Kallenbach is on deposit inside that system to pay the bill through the blood of Christ. I know all that. But the Lanham Act is the key to this thing. Mm -hmm. The Lanham Act was 1946, uh, and by the time Zion, I'm sorry, Israel was was, uh, uh, created as a new state, Everything was in place. Ray, you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm still waiting. Oh, really? I just sent it again. Try it one more time. Maybe three times always a charm. The last one was flag of convenience. 102. Well, I'm sending it again. And I'm going to keep sending it until you get it. (laughs) I'm working off a a laptop, so it's uh, not my main machine. Right. Ray, did you follow everything? I mean, I, I know I talk fast. I know I, I assume a lot of things. Were you able to follow that pretty darn good? Yeah, most most of it I, I don't have a problem. Of course, don't forget, uh, I got some pain. I know. I got that. I, I You can always listen to this again, you know, because I'll, I'll send you the link. Okay. I was going to ask, like, are you going to put it up on your um, um Yes, it'll be at P Cloud. I'll, I'll I'll put it up. I'll, I'll send you guys a direct link anyway. Look okay. at this. I want to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, it's actually. I mean, I don't. Again, I can't use notes because I won't. It, I, I might forget things mm-hmm. uh, if I don't use notes. But if I do use notes, I'll get all jumbled up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Um, let's see where I'm at here. 
If he just goes into Land of Mac Wiki, he should find it, shouldn't he? Yeah, you know what? Um, Ray, can you just look up the site directly? I'll give it a try. Just, just clear everything else out. Whatever you got open, just close it all up and just go to this. Um, L-A-N-H-A-M, ACT, A-C-T, and then just space wiki, W-I-K-I. <laughs> just go to the Lanham Act at Wikipedia. One, one more time, slower, please. L-A-N-H-A-M, ACT, Lanham Act. Okay. Lanham is one word. Section 43A. No, you're going to Wikipedia. Um, okay, it's got Cornell at the top. No, go to Wikipedia. Lanhamac Wikipedia, all right. Okay. What's the first line say? What is it? Just read me the first paragraph. Uh, well, well, there's a heading and then there's history. Name for Representative Fritz G. Laham of Texas. Oh, you're reading history. Okay. Okay, you're, on, you're, you're with us. So I'm going to go skip history, go down to civil enforcement. Okay. okay. Wait, you no, know, no, go back up to history because I, I'm, I just got a smile on my face for something. Ready? Yep. You're, you're looking at name for representative, right? History? Yes. Linda, you're looking at too? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It says name for representative Fritz G. Lanham of Texas. The act was passed on July 5th, 1946 and signed into law by who? Truman. Harry Truman. He, well, right. Harry S. Truman, right? Mm-hmm. What I'm getting at is it's, this Lanham Act was signed in by the very guy whose, whose, whose National Archive document we just went over this morning. Mm -hmm. The guy who uses yeah. Harry S. Period Truman signs That's into convenient. law the Lanham Act. Mm -hmm. Does that, do you follow that, that mm -hmm. thought, that line of thought? Yep. Yep. Ray? Yeah, not a problem. The, the, in other words, the, the initial period, Fritz G. Period Lanham, Harry S. Period Truman, he, President Truman signed the Lanham Act, which is identifying the father's foundational property. It's also, Harry S. Period Truman is also the one that's identifying how to get to the Lanham Act and have the, the safety of the Lanham Act. That's my point. It, it was signed by Harry Truman. I mean, really, literally, Harry S. Period Truman. Okay, civil enforcement. Mm -hmm. Section 42 and 43 of the Act, now known as 15 U.S.C. 1124 through 1125, set out the remedies that can be sought when a trademark is infringed. 
These provisions forbid the importation of goods that infringe registered trademarks and restrict through the use of injunctions and damages the use of false descriptions and trademark dilution. Wow. 43A, 15 U.S.C., 1125A is the likelihood of confusion standard for infringement of an unregistered trademark or trade dress, and courts still frequently refer to the provision as Section 43A, and here it is, 15 U.S.C. 1125, false designations of origin. There it is. What is what is our origin? Fertilization. Fertilization. Mm-hmm. So every time we anyone one uses fault uh, the birthday, they're actually in um, they've uh, committed a crime against um, 15 U.S.C. 1125. Right. Every time you claim a birthday, 40 weeks mm-hmm. after the truth, you've already committed the crime under, under the Lanham Act. But what is the yeah. crime? And, and this is what I want to end with. What is the crime when you claim a birthday? Well, think about it. What are you doing when you, when you claim the cut? What are you actually doing? Killing myself. Um, what are you really doing when you accept that cut? Genocide. I'm killing myself. I mean, I know that's not exactly what you want, but um, are you are you honoring thy father? No, not at all. Uh, what I'm saying is that I bet, I bet by claiming that birthday, you've broken almost, if not all, Ten Commandments. Yeah, yeah. And but the number one, just a thought, just a thought, you're, are you not in contempt of the Father? Yes. Mm-hmm. Have you not cut yourself off by your own admission from the Father? Yes. I mean, even um, the story of the prodigal son. Uh, he goes out, dad who's extremely wealthy, or the father who's extremely wealthy, one of the sons decides to go out and spend his inheritance in advance. Mm-hmm. That's what they have us doing on credit. They have yeah. us spending all of our mm-hmm. inheritance through credit system in advance. Then what? Mm-hmm. Eventually that son ends up eating with the pigs it takes, he has to be eating with the pigs before it finally dawns on him that he made a mistake. He needs to go back mm-hmm. to the father. And when he finally goes back to the father, his father welcomes him home with open arms. Mm-hmm. When we go onto the credit system, we become the prodigal son. We have completely, uh, we've been in contempt of the father the whole time by accepting a birthday. 
And by at the end, when we're eating with the pigs, that's, the, that's when we find, hopefully we come to it. We come to. We wake up. And we go back to the Father. We reconnect with the Father who welcomes us home because I and the Father are one. My point is, I don't give a shit if you like the Bible, hate the Bible. doesn't matter. Everything in the Bible, the way it's told, is telling the truth. It's our perception of those words that r- r- ruffle all the feathers. Mm-hmm. Just like science. People that believe in the Bible might hate science, and yet every embryologist on planet Earth will tell you that the beginning of life, the origin of the species, is fertilization. Anybody that tells you that the evolutionary process is a lie is a fool. Because from a single cell to the trillion cell man that's standing here, the trillion cell universe standing here speaking is evolutionary process. God and Darwin are not enemies. The truth is the truth. And what they do, and this is where I will definitely end, is the Department of Corrections. The Department of Corrections is there to correct us until we finally learn our lesson. Mm-hmm. That's it. Lesson learned. Yeah. I'm done. Any questions? Well, Ray. Even, yeah. I mean, there's so much here to digest, even with what I know. <laughs> I know, but the, the beautiful thing, Linda, is you can start looking at things now from, the, from a perspective mm-hmm. of this knowledge, and then it eliminates mm-hmm. all the fear and all the unknown, because yeah. every fiction... Every single fiction that exists has no effect on the biological living being. There's no book in any library that can kill me. Mm-mm. Hell, there's no book in any library that can harm me. Mm-mm. There's no paper in the world that can harm a living man or woman unless you unless your beliefs are so strong that you allow them to hurt you remember yep. everything is self-fulfilling if you believe in a script if you act within the script it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm Pretty simple. Ray, any questions? Yeah. Um, of course, I'll have to go over this at least once more. But <laughs> yeah. um, uh, the problem I could possibly see is the people on the other side, um, especially low level. I doubt very much whether they're going to comprehend um, what we went through this morning uh, as a background. The higher 
probably individuals or maybe even some attorneys might know, but in general, I don't think the general public either knows or gives to rest. Are you, you're not talking about the lower courts? No, no, just in general. Um, you mean like the people would, out in the street? Yeah, uh, well, mostly the bureaucrats say is where he, he went to pay his property tax, okay? Uh, the mayor might know, but I don't know if anybody else would. It's not your Follow job. Here's the, yes, but uh, the reason I'm not concerned with that is this. The guy that opened this envelope, or the gal that opened this envelope for Kevin, they, they probably looked at it and maybe even chuckled and handed it to their supervisor. The supervisor looks at it and goes, yeah, I don't know what that is. I'm going to get my supervisor. And eventually it goes up high enough to where the guy looks at it, knows what it means, says, you know what, I'll take care of this. It's all compart- You're right, it's all compartmentalized and nobody needs to know this, um, and nobody will know it. But it will get to the place it. it needs to get to. Go ahead. Yeah, I want to point out that that county that Kevin was in is a very small county in nowhere, Nebraska. So, um, I mean, somebody somewhere in the chain of that command knew how to take care of it. You mean even at that small little county they knew? Exactly. That's my point. Yeah, I think the truth, I think John 8.32... King James Version, and, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I think that is mm-hmm. so stinking obvious. But again, mm-hmm. it says, and ye shall know. It doesn't say you shall have faith. It says ye shall know the mm-hmm. truth. Mm-hmm. They're not, if, you, if you have faith, if you're still acting on faith, what happens? Faith means that you're willing to, lead, that you're willing to, to trust somebody that may not have your best interest right yeah that's right yeah agree that's for sure so that's that's how i feel about this i don't care ray I, I tell you what i'm not interested in worrying about what they know because it will get to where it needs to get to because it seems ridiculous does not the blood of Christ pay for this? I know for a fact it does. I don't need to argue because, A, I'm a pacifist. And if I put, especially if I put a card like this in it, uh, there's, being the patron and asking that question, like, are you asking me to pay this again? The patron says. Mm-hmm. And, and they mm-hmm. kick it up to the fiduciary. The fiduciary does their job. Which, but remember, if I make a claim, that claim could go into a cause of action and somebody argue with me. But if I don't make a claim by asking it in the form of a question, hey, does not the blood of Christ pay for this? And sign it proper, properly with my flag of convenience that evidences my matriculation or my graduation from the alma mater. <laughs> That's, that knowledge is not faith. Mm-hmm. I might be asking a question, but I'm basically letting the fiduciary do their job. And, by the way, remember that my other buddy um, probably got out of jail uh, after seven months in county 
when the judge looked at him after he signed it properly with the flag of convenience, she said to him, and I paraphrase, now I, now I can see your true colors. Like, there it is. There's your flag of convenience. She used a word that would evidence a signal. And within five days, he was in there for seven months with no, no idea when he was going to be released or, or let out, I should say. But the moment he signed this thing properly, did something the right way, evidenced the flag of convenience. Five days later, the judge had him in front of her, and she was not the same person that she had been the previous seven months. She says, now I can, I can actually see your true colors. And that, that, that day, that, that's when he was let go. He went home that day. I so every, saying I think, that that's, that's all he wrote but, down? No, he he didn't. I didn't. I didn't uh, have that yet. But he wrote the flag of convenience when he signed it. When he signed a, a memoir, he wrote it. He signed it with the flag of convenience. You know what the flag of convenience is, right? Uh, what we went over is wording. Uh, if you're speaking about a particular. A type of material or flag? No. No, I'm talking. Curtis Richard Curtis R. Period Kallenbach <laughs> is a flag of convenience. Okay, so the way he signed it was uh, uh, Donald R. Period uh, Trump. Right. And then he put down underneath the flag of convenience. No, he didn't need to put that. Donald. R period Trump or whatever Donald J period Trump is a flag of convenience. Okay. So so by I thought he wrote by, something. That... No, he wrote pacifist. Okay. It's right there. Well, it's the actually question. on the document. Yes. You can look at it, Ray. You can look right at it and see what he wrote. Yes. The other. The guy in jail or the... The, uh... the guy in jail only wrote the flag of convenience. He wrote nothing else. Oh, okay. What I'm saying is that the flag of convenience is the signal to let them know who you are. That's, that's that simple. If you sign it any other way, you're fucked. And I mean you're fucked. Yeah, no, I've had enough of that. Well, I know, but, to, but, but the word fuck only means implantation. What I'm getting at is either, either people really want to, to deal with the truth or they want to argue and fight and go in there and prove themselves in some way. I think it's asinine to waste a life in a courtroom. I think it's asinine to waste a life. Hell, I fucking feel like I wasted 61 years of mine. The other question not, I would have is any particular color for the thumbprint. I I always just use purple. Okay. That's all I, I even my even my pen. I have a ink pen, a very expensive ink pen that has purple a certain color purple ink. I write in that pen. And it does it make does it make a difference? No, I'm the author. I mean, I could probably write it in any color I want, but, and as the author, I say, I tell you what it means. 
I just like the idea of purple because it's both the, it's the combination of red and blue. I like that com combination of red and blue. That's what I like. To me, red and blue evidences heaven and earth. Or, by the way, um, I know I talk a lot, but I'm going to ask this. Right now, there's three of us on this call. I'm located um, at some place on earth that they're calling Northern Illinois and Rockford, Illinois. That's all fiction, by the way. I'm actually just located at a point in space. Uh, there are no boundaries to the location for the living. There are no boundaries to nature. All of its nature. The truth is all and all of its nature where we're at. So I'm located, I'm going to say, according to their plot, according to their uh, fictions, in northern Illinois in something called Rockford, Illinois. Linda, you're located out west of us. And Ray, you're located to the east. Again, in space, there is no north, south, east, or west in space. It's just all. Now here's the thing. Biologically, I'm located here. Biologically, you guys are located where you're located. Where are we meeting right now? Where are we meeting right now via telephone? In space. Right, or in heaven. Heaven is where we have agreed to meet. If I don't listen to you, if I refuse to listen to you, then you and I can never meet. You see what I'm getting at? Correct, yes. Yeah. The only place we, we ever come together is in space or in heaven. Consciousness is where we meet. That's the answer. Consciousness. We don't meet any other place. We can never meet anywhere else. The only place we meet is in consciousness. And if we don't agree in consciousness, we don't agree at all. We never meet. All agreements require us to meet. And again, if I'm not participating consciously in anything going on, then I don't agree to it. There's, this is not even a, a concept of consent. If I'm not in on it, I can't consent, and nobody consents for me. I am not part of some fucking collective, some Borg. I'm not. I have one government, and it's called self-governance. And my domain in their world is called Kallenbach. That's my domain. In nature, my domain goes all the way back to the single-cell zygote. And all of the biology ever produced, every cell that's ever produced is part of my domain, biologically. I'm the Lord and Master over only my domain or dominion. Nobody else's. That's self-governance. That's it. I don't buy into any other government. So, Heard, I'm, I'm all right. Have to get off. Yeah, all right. we're going. We're done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this and... Uh, I'll get this over to you guys, but otherwise, yeah, I'm sorry, man. This is, this is some tough stuff. All righty? Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Ray, have a great day. Yeah. Bye, Linda. Love you. All right. All righty. Bye. You're right.